this Fun Fact Friday, we will be learning about cryptographic hashing. A fun fact from our previous Triple F, or Fun Fact Friday episode, involved this term, and I promised that we would go over it in a different episode. So, here I am delivering, as I always do. So what is cryptographic hashing? As a recap, in last week's episode, I stated that in simple terms, hashing means taking an input string no matter how long and giving out an output of a fixed length, meaning that the length of the output is constant. Now, let's simplify this definition even more. Hashing is a method of cryptography that converts any form of data into a unique string of text. Now, what is cryptography? Cryptography is a way of protecting information through the use of codes. Cryptography is used so that only the people for whom the information is for can access it. Any piece of data can be hashed, no matter its size or type, and its output, or the data produced, is always the same length, or in other terms, a fixed length. And this output is the same, regardless of the data's size, type, or length. So, if you want to encrypt an episode of Law & Order, the hash or produced output would be the same length of the output produced if you were to encrypt, for example, Ocean's 8. Even though the file for Ocean's 8, a movie, is bigger than the file for an episode of Law & Order, both outputs would be the same length. A unique piece of data will always produce the same length. A hash is designed to act as a one-way function. You can put data into a hashing algorithm and get a unique string, but if you stumble upon a new hash, you cannot decipher it. According to KomodoPlatform.com, there are four properties of a cryptographic hash function. One, computationally efficient. Two, deterministic. Three, pre-image resistant. And four, collision resistant. So, first of all, Hash functions must be computationally efficient, which basically means that computers must be able to process this hash function in a relatively short period of time. This seems pretty obvious, as no one would, for example, wait 12 hours to pay for their plane tickets in Bitcoin. Cryptographic hash functions must also be deterministic, which means that for any given input, a hash function must always give the same result. So before, when we were talking about giving the same fixed length every time, we are saying that the hash is deterministic. Pre-image resistance means that the output of a cryptographic hash function does not reveal any information about the input. Now, why is this important? Well, if a hash function wasn't deterministic and instead produced outputs of different lengths, attackers would already have a seriously helpful clue when trying to discover someone's private input. So, because hash functions are deterministic, they're pre-image resistant. The fourth and final property that all cryptographic hash functions must have is what's known as collision resistance. This means that it must be extremely unlike it this means that it must be extremely unlikely, in other words, practically impossible, to find two different inputs that produce the same output. Now, what's up with that SHA thing I was talking about? 
If you recall from last episode, Fun Fact Friday, what is Bitcoin? I said that SHA-256 is the hashing algorithm that Bitcoin utilizes. SHA-256 was developed by the NSA and produces an output 64 characters long. So now that I've talked about the properties of hash algorithms, I'm now going to tell you what it's used for. We use hash algorithms for encrypting things. Encrypt means to conceal data using code. Here's the interesting thing, and brownie points if you thought of it before. The cryptographic hash functions that many people use, including the bank, are public, so anyone can get a hold of the source code and see exactly how these functions work. However, the hashes are still irreversible. How? Let's play a game. Pick a random number. Divide that number by 2. Now, write down the remainder. The number you are left with is either 0 or 1. Could you take that 0 or 1 and work backwards to figure out the original number? That would be really hard to do since an infinite number of inputs, for example any even or odd number, could produce a 0 or 1 respectively. It would be really hard for you to take that remainder and move back and see what number created it since virtually all numbers have a remainder of either 0 or 1. So this game or this scenario kind of shows you how hard it is to find the specific sequence of letters and numbers or the data that caused the output. So how are these algorithms compromised? Even though these algorithms are secure, that does not mean they cannot be compromised. Something that cybersecurity professionals keep in mind is the saying that nothing is truly unhackable. Nothing is truly completely secure. There are two main ways that hackers can crack your password, even after it is encrypted with a hash function, by using brute force attacks and rainbow tables. Instead of reversing the hash of your password, one can simply keep trying different inputs until they guess the one that generates a hash that matches your password. Brute force attacks are especially effective when dealing with weak passwords. A variation of a brute force attack is a dictionary attack. A hacker could guess random words in the dictionary until it matches the word you used as your password. Now, that was our first main way. Our second main way is rainbow tables. Now, rainbow tables are huge pre-computed tables of hash values for every single possible combination of characters to speed up the cracking process. Rainbow tables can take a long time to generate, but once they're available, they can help attackers find a match for a given hash in seconds versus a longer amount of time it would have taken them if they had to compute all the hashes themselves. So the more complex your password, the less likely it is that its hash will be in a rainbow table. Some of the most effective rainbow tables available are ones that contain hashes of common dictionary words. So please never, ever, ever use dictionary words as your password. Now on to our fun facts. Number one, there are three types of cryptography algorithms, secret key, public key, and hash functions. That brings us to number two. Unlike the secret key and public key algorithms, hash functions have no key. Number three, hash functions are also called message digests. Number four, 
The most used hash functions are A, hashed message authentication code, or HMAC. This type of message digest combines authentication via a shared secret with hashing. B, message digest 2, also known as MD2. This is byte-oriented and produces a 128-bit hash value from an arbitrary length message, and it is designed for smart cards. MD4, or Message Digest 4, is similar to Message Digest 2 and is designed specifically for fast processing in software. MD5 is similar to MD4, but slower because the data is manipulated more, developed after potential weaknesses were reported in MD4. So A is HMAC, B is Message Digest 2, C is MD4, and D is MD5. That brings us to E, Secure Hash Algorithm, or SHA, modeled after MD4 and proposed by NIST for the Secure Hash Standard, it produces a 160-bit hash value. And that concludes this week's Fun Fact Friday, or Triple F episode. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out our website, thetechnojungle.com. That's T-H-E-T-E-C-H-N-O-Jungle.com. <laughs> <laughs>